And fathers, we gather around in prayer tonight. We do pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you'd give us wisdom in these days in which we live. We pray that you would bless the word of God to the hearts of the hearers tonight. We ask, dear Heavenly Father, may all that's done be done to bring glory and honor to you. And Father, we pray right now for your presence. Speak to our hearts. Teach us, dear Heavenly Father, to recognize things. And now we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Pray that you'd open our understanding that we might understand the scriptures. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All right, this will be our first lesson on depravity. And uh, by way of introduction there, I put, we will study first the heart, then the mind, then the eyes and ears. Uh, I want to approach it like that. We can start off talking about the nature of people, the fallen nature and what it consists of and all that. But I wanted to approach it on a little bit different way of just say, hey, listen, let's, let's mean you look at something. Let's mean you know something. And um, I felt like that would be more important for us right now. I put a note there. We say all men are depraved. But to be accurate, we must say all of the man is depraved. Mm-hmm. The entire human is depraved. We're focusing on the heart tonight. Uh, we got, always need to remember that the best of men are only men at best. And that's it. Period. That little statement in his heart is a valuable statement. All right. As we march through this tonight, we'll start off in the Old Testament, work our way down through Jeremiah, and then into the New Testament, and end in Proverbs. Genesis 6-5, let's talk, each one of these has a special point that I want to bring out to you, and uh, I learned something, I, I learned two things of interest today myself, something I'd never seen before, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Genesis 6-5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's, uh, as we talk about the fall, as we talk about depravity, we understand that, boy, this had happened. And now look at this. Now I want you, I'm going to bring two things out I want you to see. See where it says only evil Right there, only evil. That speaks to the dominance of evil. Only evil. See that? So evil was dominant in the heart and the mind of these people. Now just think about this. Before the fall, Adam and Eve were godly-minded, God-conscious. After the fall, 
Now we have physically looking the same people. But their heart, their mind, their soul, their imagination, everything changed. And so now what do we see? That every, these words in here, as I, I just sit down and just start picking it apart. Because I felt like the best thing for me to do is just take these verses and pick them apart for you. Let, let's go on a journey. Genesis 6, 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every, that every, mark that, Circle that. Highlight that. That every. See that? Imagination of the thoughts of his heart. Boy. That, that's an amazing statement, isn't it? Let me say it like this. Uh, Andrew Murray McShane, who died when he was 28, had a statement about this. He said, uh, if somebody wanted to really show the wickedness of humanity, just think, I don't think there's an adult in this room that would want everybody around you to know what you actually thought about just for one hour. If all your thoughts were revealed to everybody for just one hour. Uh, they'd be everything from murder to exaltation. <laughs> uh, hatred, anger, everything all the emotions remember something the imagination and emotions go together so that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil first thing I want you to say in other words evil was dominant then it says continually, and when I looked that Hebrew word up, it said hot. It represents hot. In other words, the evil thoughts was hot in his mind. The evil thoughts were driving them. They were hot. And... Uh, Almost like an anger or something, you know, you get emotionally hot, boy, you're all wired up. So we see then that depravity, the fall, has affected the emotional mind of us humans. 
that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now we talk about Christian counselors. That's almost an oxymoron. But the good thing about it is this. If you read the Word of God and understand it, any of you can be good counselors. Why? Because the Word of God reveals things. And that's one thing that people do not like about the Word of God was the fact that it reveals things. A little more comment, and then I'll move on. So we find then that as a revealer, so if I'm going to counsel somebody, there's something I need to know. I need to know what you're thinking. Is it stinking thinking? What is it? Well, all I have to do is read the Bible and I look at the Word of God and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart is only evil continually. So regardless of what you're saying, your mind can be somewhere else. Your imagination's thinking about something else. And now that's a truth. But it says only evil. So in other words, there's going to be a dominance of evil in your imagination. The difference is this. That imagination might pass through the mind of some people and they just trash it. I ain't going there. Other people hang on to it. And then out comes wickedness Actions, revenge, so on. Genesis 8.21 And the Lord smelled a sweet Savior, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. Now look look at the statement. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. See that? So now that speaks, that lets me know something. That when it comes to the children, right? They've inherited that fallen nature from their parents. And their mind is just as evil as mom and dad's mind. That's why there's such an importance of the Word of God to counter that. Because, as it says here, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. So what we have is adult sinners and then middle-aged sinners Old sinners, right? And little sinners. We're all born into this sinful life. 
And so what we find then, in this statement, when I looked at it, there was one little, just a letter and a word. The letter was A and the word was fact. In other words, I'm going to present a fact to you. And the fact is this. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Guess what? If we're going to talk about depravity, and we're going to talk about the heart, we must understand that that child was born the day that child was born. Guess what? The imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. It's an evil heart. And it grows up to be an adult heart. So I want you to know that this depravity has greatly affected the heart of man. And as we go through this tonight, I'll show you some things here. And I want you to understand, it's a matter of the heart. We can say that quite often, can't we? Now, there was more information than I could even begin. We could, I could stay on the subject of the heart for at least a month, and I probably wouldn't finish then. The Bible has a lot to say about it. You and I speak often about the heart. We'll say, well, his heart or her heart or their heart's not in it. Or we'll say, man, boy, they got a heart for that, don't they? You see, what we're speaking at is when we use that term heart, that means they're given to it, they're over to it, they like it a lot, whatever. And so that just, it, it, we use it also as it describes emotion. Man, he has a heart for her. She has a heart for him, whatever. And so we use that term often for many different things, even emotional attachment. Now watch this. Now let's go to Jeremiah 17. Many, 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 many sermons are preached out of Jeremiah 17. Let's begin. First of all, let's read Jeremiah 17, verses 5 and 6. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabited. Let's take a look at a few things. First of all, I'm going to bring us somewhere. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in Man and maketh flesh his arm. Just for information, that word cursed right there 
It's a Hebrew word for a bitter curse. It's just not a curse. It's a bitter curse. It's going to be bad. But now let me show you something. Whose heart departeth from the Lord. That word departeth, I, I, I was amazed when I looked at it. It means to turn off. So in other words, in whose heart departeth from the Lord. In other words, that person just turned off God. That's it, I'm done, off with you. Just like flipping a switch, I'm done. And so we find then, whose heart departeth from the Lord. They just turn it off. It's amazing to me. See, depravity has a one-sided thing to it. Now get this, ladies and gentlemen. Very important. This man right here, it said uh, that word departeth from the Lord. He just turned it off and goes on. Guess what? He had the ability to turn it off but he does not have the ability to turn it on. That's depravity. That's speaking volumes to you and me. Verse 6 says, For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good cometh. Guess what? So this, this person... They lose. Listen, depravity means we lose something. And so Adam and Eve lost a lot, didn't they? Well, you see, depravity means we lose something. And said, you're going to be like the heath in the desert shall not see when good cometh. In other words, this person, this person that's been suffering from depravity, he's done turned God off, he's walked going somewhere else. He lost the ability to recognize good. The ability to see good, recognize good, appreciate good, is gone. Now you and I know, it's just a fact. Lost people, unsaved people. When you read this statement, they shall not see good when it comes, when good cometh. One thing about it, the unsaved person, man, they don't see it. They don't appreciate it. They, they don't like it. They, they just treat it with abuse. They don't recognize the goodness of God. They don't recognize that God gives us the very breath we breathe each day. They don't recognize the goodness of God. 
So one thing that depravity does, this person here whose heart departed, in other words, just turned God off went somewhere else. Boy, that's depravity first class, isn't it? You see, and then it said, and shall not see when good cometh. So they lose a precious ability. That's why the Bible says concerning the saved people, it says, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. What we find is this. Before salvation, when we was living lost, undone, in sin, boy, depravity ruled in our life. And we didn't recognize good. Didn't even want to. Didn't care if we did. If it was good to us, fine. That's all that counts. But what we see here then is we lose the ability. Depravity causes a person to lose the ability to see when good cometh. True, honest, spiritual goodness. They don't see it. Now why? Let's go to Jeremiah 17, 9. Now here we have a great verse dealing with depravity that it's used and preached and preached and preached and preached. It says this, Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it? The first thing that I want to deal with, just think, the heart is deceitful. Your own heart deceives you. Think about Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In other words, your own heart deceives you. The heart is deceitful. Your own heart will lie to you. What a tragic thing it is, isn't it? Let's think about this. How many people have you talked to and uh, you could see that the road they were going down was the wrong road? Like I said the other week, you know, you might be on the right track, but if you don't move, you'll get run over. And so we find then this deceitfulness. Boy, was I fixing to come unglued on that one. I mean, just with all kinds of stuff. But there's a little statement. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
I couldn't tell you how many times in my lifetime I've tried to talk to people about something because I knew the outcome of it down the road, the damage it would do down the road. And they, they couldn't see it. They wouldn't see it. They wouldn't accept it. Man, no, they had it all figured out. They were going to do it. And uh, it just never turned out quite like they planned. You know why? Because of a deceived heart. You know, it's amazing to me. Just think of, right now I, I can think of a multitude of people that live contrary to God but yet they want to say they're saved. Talking to a woman the other day, and she told me, I said, do you think you're saved? She said, well, yeah, I'm good. I think God will take me in. You know, no Bible, no reality, no consciousness of truth, but yet has come to a conclusion. You see that? The heart is deceitful above all things. One of the old divines said the reason your heart is deceitful above all things is, as he said, you need to look at that real close, above all things, is because it's so close to you. It's in you. It's so, there's nothing as close to you as your heart. And so the old divine said, uh, why does it say that the heart is deceitful above all things? Because of its closeness to you. Wow. Now look, let's go on, above all things, and desperately wicked. Now that word desperately, I looked it up two or three different ways. One of the ways you define desperately here, incurable. It's not curable. It's desperately wicked. In other words, it's incurably wicked. Mm. So in other words, the fall, when we talk about depravity, affected the heart and brought it to a place no human can fix it. It is incurably wicked. The only one that can fix that is God. Listen, if God can take nothing and make something, God can take something and overhaul it. It's just that heart is incurably wicked. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I was witnessing to a fellow the other day and I told him he was talking about this and stuff and 
And uh, I told him, I said, sinners don't save sinners. And the reason sinners don't save sinners is because of depravity. How can a incur- incurably wicked heart Cure somebody else's incurably wicked heart. You can't. You can't. Remember something. The flesh responds to the spirit. Never forget that. I think if we read in the Bible, it said, Ye are of your father the devil. Yeah, of your father, the devil. Wow. Go to Matthew 15, verses 18 and 19. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart, look at this now, proceed evil thoughts, If you look that word evil up, it means hurtful, vicious thoughts. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Listen. The fall, when we talk about depravity, we're talking about the effect of the fall on the human spirit. Look what's happened here now. For out of the heart. Look what's in the heart now. Before the fall. That was not in the heart of Adam and Eve. After the fall. Now it's in the heart of all of us. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, false witness. That word false witness right there simply means an untrue testimony. In other words, somebody's given a testimony, but it's not true. It's not real. It's a lie. So now listen. Before I move on, I want you all to stop for a second. Now let's catch up on this. So the heart then, when we go to look at this, the fall, we talk about depravity, a depraved heart. Guess guess what? When we look at that depraved heart, That every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So man, the heart, as we start off looking at it, only evil continually. Then we realize that when we go down a little bit further, the imagination of a man's heart is evil from his youth. 
So now that tells us something about the heart of youth. So from the youngest to the oldest, it's the same thing. The heart is corrupt. Then we go a little bit further and we find that this person here, the heart departed from the Lord. Let's turn him off. A depraved heart. We could look into this a lot. Boy, you go to Romans 1, they didn't like to have the thoughts of the heart of God in their mind, did they? Like this right here. They shut God off. And so we find then, boy, the, the, the depravity has just taken our heart and said, hey, I don't want God. I'm an enemy of God now. Then we realize that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Now we're down here and we realize something about the heart. What's in the heart? For out of the heart, that means it was in the heart, proceed evil thoughts. Those are thoughts that are hurtful, diseased, vicious thoughts. Murders, adulteries, fornication, false witness, blasphemies. So now we see that not only does this fallen, depraved heart have these emotions and stuff, but now it says, for out of the heart proceedeth. In other words, with you, with me, with us, guess what? At some point in time, this stuff's going to come out of the heart. It's there. It's looking for an opportunity. And so what we see then, boy, it speaks to the heart, doesn't it? We say, well, what's the heart of the matter? Don't we? What's the heart of the matter? There's a lot that we can look at. I know people that, man, their heart is really in it when they play sports. Their heart is really in it, boy, when they go hunting. Their heart is really in it, you see. We use the term, for out of the heart proceedeth, proceeds. You see that? The fall corrupted the very seat of our actions, emotions, imagination, everything. Go to Mark 7, 21 to 23. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds. Look at this one now. Let's get this a little different. That's why I put it in here. Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, 
deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Wow. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Let's talk about a couple of these things. There in Mark 7, 21 said, For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts. I got a tickle out of that one. I looked at that and I thought, well, let me look it up. Let me see what it's really talking about here. And uh, it, it mentioned the word worthless. Just worthless, evil thoughts, worthless thoughts. But just worthless, not worth anything. Just wicked, worthless thoughts. And then it says, now go to verse 22. Thefts covers wickedness. Now, one of the definitions of that word wickedness, I always like to look it up because sometimes it means one thing, sometimes it means something else. But here it means moral depravity. One of the old books I grabbed, I looked at, and he defined it as moral depravity. Now, we know that's a fact, don't we? I mean, you want to see depravity? I like what one fellow said. He said, remember something. When depravity manifests itself, depravity and insanity go together. Who would have ever thought that children would go to school and the school would say, well, whatever you want to identify as, that's what you'll be. And now the furries go to school. And that's these kids that want to identify as a cat or a dog, whatever. And uh, our social system accepts that. You might say, that's insane. Well, remember something. Unchecked depravity will manifest itself in moral, not corruption, moral insanity. Remember that now. Never forget that. It's ever so important. Unchecked depravity will manifest itself a social insanity. That's where we're at today with a lot of this, isn't it? Now there's another word stuck in here that you need to see. There in verse 22, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit. I'll let you read the others, but let's talk about deceit. Now the word deceit comes in many forms. Total deception, the whole thing. But this word deceit was described by two words. One, 
The first word was decoy. The second word was trick. In other words, look at this. This is coming out of the heart. Not just moral depravity, but it comes out of the heart. Deceit. In other words, a decoy, a trick on you. Your own heart does things like that to you. Have you ever seen somebody, it might have been you, Boy, they would have argued with you about something and man, they were all into it. Man, their heart was really into it. Then you see them a short time later and they say, man, that was the stupidest thing I ever got in. I mean, what happened? You see, that's why the word of God and obedience brings blessings. That's why it's so important. Listen, folks. Listen to me. Look up here, all of you. Just stop writing look up here. I want to tell you something. Now get this. The tragic thing is this. That word deceit, a decoy, trick. You know people... They don't go to church, don't tithe. They don't have very much of a Christian testimony, nothing else, but they'll tell you they're saved. But what's tragic is, you'll accept it. Christian people will accept it when somebody's living totally contrary to the Word of God. And God's not beating them up. God's not messing with them. About a hundred years ago, there was this guy named Jack Van Impey. And uh, I heard him preach this message out of Hebrews 12 on uh, discipline. God disciplined you, right? Lord chastens, scourges every son whom he receiveth. And if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you're bastards and not sons. So here you've got these people that live totally contrary to God. God's not disciplining them. And you want to say they're saved. Sorry. If it doesn't match the word of God. That's all there is to it. Listen. I told a fellow the other day, I said, I said, we, we got to, I said, man, you got to realize something. He said, what's that? I said, things that are different are not the same. Things that are different are not the same. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things pass away. All things become new. God changes the heart. God moves in on the heart. The nature changes. A fellow asked me the other day, he said, 
He said, well, what's one of the ways that God matures us? I said, He allows you to hear yourself and see yourself. And I said, when you hear yourself cussing, it'll be so vile to you, you'll think, man, that's terrible. The word deceit, it's a decoy, it's a trick. Your own heart wants to trick you. Give you a decoy. You know what a decoy is? Looks like a duck. It floats on the water like a duck. But it ain't a duck. It's a decoy. Remember something, a decoy is something that'll get you close enough to where the devil can shoot you. Proverbs 28, 25, and 26. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. But he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. There's a couple of us in here that qualify. Verse 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Boy, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? But now let me show y'all something. If the heart is desperately wicked, if the heart is deceitful above all things, why would you want to trust something like that? The Bible says you're a fool to do that. I've had a lot of people say, well, I'll just trust my heart in that. Boy, you're, God just called you a fool. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In other words, don't trust your own heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Listen. Jeremiah 10.23, Jeremiah 10.23, says that the way of man is not in himself. The way of man is not in himself. Boy, we had better make sure we bathe something in prayer. Isn't that right? We better look at the book, read the book, and make some commitments to God because the way of man is not in himself. The tragic thing is this. Pet sins. Those little pet sins. That word deceit up there means decoy. It's a trick. Pet sins. But just think what the word of God says. Psalm 66, 18. Psalm 66, 18. 
If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, God's word said that. So you hang on to your pet sin, go to the Lord in prayer. Remember something, the devil wants all of you to be comfortable on your way to hell. You got that? The devil wants all of you to be comfortable, all everybody to be comfortable on their way to hell. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. A lot of people hang on to their pet sin, but they say, well, I prayed about this, and I've prayed about that, and I've prayed about this, but they still got their pet sin. What does the Word of God say? God hadn't heard a word you've said. Right. Listen. As I close tonight, I want you to know, your heart will deceive you. Your heart, the heart of man causes men to think that they can live contrary to God and still be in fellowship with God. That's a lie right out of the pits of your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, one thing we've got to do, and remember now, we look at the heart, we're going, wait, we get into the mind next week. Wow, that's a bucket load. But realize this. Your own heart wants to deceive you. We've got to separate something. We've got to separate truth from almost truth. We've got to separate true religion from comfortable religion. Converted religion has got to be separated from biblical religion. You see, when we take and we look things biblically, that's what we've got to do. Your heart says, oh, you're all right. You're okay. Do it your way. Do you think God's going to accept that? No, not a bit. You see... As we end this, your heart will lie to you. Your heart will trick you. Your heart will set up a decoy for you. Your heart. It's an amazing thing. I'll get saved tomorrow. I want to end with an illustration. There was a fellow I knew years ago, and he kept saying, well, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. And everybody told him, said, you know what? One of these days your tomorrow is going to run out. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. 
And he kept putting it off, you know, putting it off. One morning he woke up dead. And uh, I'm sure that was a bad morning for him, you know that? But he wanted religion his way. Here's what he said. Get this. And I've heard people say this, and I just look at them like, if I had a dog that dumb, I'd shoot it. He said this. You ready? And I'm sure some of you, a lot of you adults sitting here have heard it. God knows my heart. God knows my heart. The tragic thing about that statement is, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He wrote about it, matter of fact. He knows about it. He knows how wicked it is, how cruel it can be, how deceptive it can be. How desperately and out of control and incurable it is. And somebody says, God knows my heart. As if, man, my heart's good. And God knows my heart. Now listen. If that person that said that knew the word of God, I think the last thing they would say is God knows my heart. Because there's the truth. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's the truth about our heart. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked. That's your heart, my heart, our heart. Of the young and old alike. Now that is a biblical fact. And you want to talk about depravity? I think we can. Gather around. Let's pray.